Welcome back. Listen to the Rims and Nets podcast. This is your host, Rob Morris. Back for the second segment, episode 18. All right, so uh, last segment we got into the FIBA World Cup, but now we're going to uh, switch gears and transition to, um, you know, I have two lists that I'm trying to hopefully finish by the maybe, like I, I, I thought I was going to finish both of these lists by the end of September, but it looks like that might not happen because, you know, I had to, I had to like, derail a few things because I was moving and whatnot so that kind of killed a lot of my time you know obviously and I work as well as I I also uh I didn't want to really tell all my personal business but I'm also I'm on the side I'm an Uber driver so I I do a lot I work full-time an Uber driver so and then I do this as well so um yeah so Making time for these, it can be, sometimes, I, that's why the uploads can take longer than a week sometimes. I try to have a weekly show, but sometimes that, you know, time doesn't allow it. But, yeah, so, let's back to, you know, what we were talking about. But, yeah, like, I always backtrack at times, but I always we'll get right back to what we are talking about. But, yeah, like, basically, uh, yeah, so I got two lists. Um, we're going to get into the New England um, D1 College Basketball Top 10. Um, we got we got 10 through 8. And we're also going to get into, you know, my five premier players for the um, for the New England Top 100, Class of 2020, 60 through 80 portion. I'm going to get into those five players that I think really are going to stand out this year in this upcoming season that you got to look out for. Uh I hope. I mean, I got a lot of things in the work. I mean, I've been talking about it in previous episodes. I'm trying to maybe just go out to these games and and scout these players as well. Like, I really want to get really in depth with it. Um, like I said, money can be an issue with that. Like I said, not asking for donations, but I do have on my website an Amazon affiliate link. You can click on that. That could definitely help the show. Writing you to open up my website, rimsandnets.com. There's an Amazon affiliate link. You can click on that, and you can probably buy anything on Amazon. Um, that will definitely help to support the show. You click on that affiliate link. So it's up to you, you know. But if you want to support the show, that's one way to support the show. All right, let's 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 get into the... Uh, the calls first. The calls basketball in New England top ten. We'll start with number ten on the Brown Bears, uh, which is in Providence, Rhode Island. They're Ivy League school. I had them at number ten, and I had a got a few notes for that. Well, they just uh, like I said, a lot of college basketball teams they go overseas and have overseas trips um i remember watching kentucky go to bahamas they played a few you know national teams like they played puerto rico they played um i believe dominican republic was the one team that i thought they played in one of those bahama tours so i mean call is it's pretty it's pretty popular now that college basketball teams go overseas uh during the summer and they have like about you know they probably play like three or four game trip um, they play, you know, they don't actually play the, unless you're Kentucky, you can play the actual national team, the senior national team. They, But a lot of the probably low-end low, low end schools, they'll probably play like a, a lower division um, a national team, whether it's a under-17 or under-16 team, anything within their age rank or they're at pretty much at their level. Uh, well, Brown decided to have a trip to go out to Spain. I think it was a four-game trip. Um, and it's it's definitely beneficial to the players to kind of, ex- you know, go, go overseas and experience how, you know, overseas players play the game. And it's a different type of game, as you know, as we know, as I got into the interview with Darte, it's 
it's uh, interest. It's a de- it's a very different game. It's it's more team oriented than anything else, and it's it's very it's very beautiful basketball. Let's just say that, and it it helps to 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 bond the players. So that way, you know, they have to experience a, a different culture or a culture shock, and it it forces them to communicate with them with, with each other. So that way they could start bonding w- with their teammates. So it's a, it's a good, when your coach is always playing these type of trips, I remember the Celtics uh, in their championship year, which we all know that they went to Italy um, and they played a few uh, Euroleague teams before the preseason. That, you know, and that trip, obviously, you know, you can, uh, if you watch the, the special, they have a special on the Celtics for the 2018 ch- championship run. I remember KG and Paul Pierce and Ray Allen, they were like saying like, yeah, that trip was why we was able to come together so quick and why our chemistry worked out so well. So it's like it's a lot of team, a lot of teams and now colleges are, are, are planning overseas trips in the preseason to help bond their players. So that way it builds chemi- uh, team chemistry. So that's what Brown did. Um, they weren't successful. They lost that that last game. They played a lower, uh, a lower division Spanish team, and they end up losing that game. So they, but they got a nice, um, they got a nice a f- few players that are returning. Um, they did lose uh, Desmond Cambridge. He ended up transferring. That was one of their top players and scorers last year, which this team, did, I believe, didn't make the NCAA tournament. So obviously. Um, when you have Harvard and Yale in your division, it's going to be tough, you know, in your conference, it's going to be tough to, to get in, but they're, I mean, I would say they're definitely going to have a lot of, a lot of talent coming back, even without losing Cambridge. Their front court is led by Tamangi, I don't know if I'm going to say it right, but Tamangin Cho, which he's a six seven six eight forward. He's about 230 pounds. He's nice size. Um, but they don't have the biggest front line, I would say. I mean, they probably have one guy that's about 6'9", 6'10", that really rounds up their, their front court. And they're not really deep in their front court. Probably what their strength is is their back court. Um, they, they're returning a few guys that are, that are experienced. Um... Probably the one guy would say that's that that they're gonna really it's gonna really help their backcourt is they recruited a three star prospect Perry Cowan. Um, he's from Illinois, so that will help booster their backcourt. Um, so I mean, yeah, they they should finish probably third behind Yale and Harvard in the Ivy League. So I think, like I said, depending on their schedule, they might be creeping around the 15, 20 win range, I would say, because they're, they're a pretty solid team. And depending on their non-conference schedule, they should, they should do pretty well. And I think they'll do well in conference play as well. I, probably, I would say they're third behind Yale and Harvard in the Ivy League this year and the upcoming season. All right, for number nine, I have the URI Rams, which is in Kingston, Rhode Island, um, which a lot of things have transpired in the past couple months with the recruiting trail. Uh, they they, they, they signed up early in the year. They signed a, a really um, high caliber center, which is kind of, he, I mean, he's kind of like a, a a hybrid uh, that can kind of play on the perimeter, um, can shoot the three, handle the ball. Um, his name was Mario Mating. He ended up deciding to transfer, which it came out in May that he decided to transfer. Um, he originally committed, signed a letter of, in- letter of intent to attend the school, but then decided to change his mind, had a change of heart, and he's, he's transferring. 
So, so that was that was tough because that really hurt their front court. They're not the biggest team, just like Brown. They're not. They don't have really true size at their center and four positions. So, he would have been a nice help to really bolster their size as well as give them some versatility. On, you know, he could shoot the ball, handle the ball, and do a lot of different things that you see in the modern day, you know, bigs that you see in the NBA. Like he fits that mold, you know, well. So they had to, you know, switch gears and. But the recruiting class ended up being pretty good, anyways. They really get a four-star guard, Elijah Woods, which he's from. Uh, I believe he's from Maryland, so they they got him. And then they also got uh, uh, the other guard is they got a guard from New Orleans. I forget his name, but he he also committed as well. I believe he was a four star as well. And so yeah, so they they definitely bolstered their backcourt, and plus they have a lot of experience in their backcourt coming back. Uh, they have uh, guard Fats Russell, Jeff Downton. You know, Russell's a junior. Jeff Doughton's a senior. So they bring back those guys as well. And they also have a, a pretty good front line coming back. May not be the biggest front line, but the, uh, the guy can rebound pretty well. His name is Lavangi, which he's about, you know, he stands about 6'8", 225, 30 pounds. Solid rebounder. Very good offensive rebounder. Double-double machine. Um... Which you arise in the Atlantic. I, I, I keep I don't know if they're, but I, yeah I think they're they're in Atlantic Ten. I always get confused if they're the Big East or the Atlantic Ten, but they're in Atlantic Ten, and I would say they probably finish in the top half of the Atlantic Ten. I mean maybe in the, you know middle middling or either top, you know top end of the Atlantic Ten. There's obviously a few teams ahead of them, of course, but they they might you know be right there and in, in you know February, March trying to get a tournament bid, they'll be right there. I think they, they, they got a deep team. They got decent size. Slightly bigger than Brown, but not that much bigger. But they, their guard play is what's gonna really make them tough to beat overall. They're very deep at their guard play and their backcourt depth. So uh, obviously, losing Mar- Mario mating is huge because he, he has, as a freshman, he still probably would have contributed right away and really would have gave them something that they definitely don't have on this team is a versatile bait that can handle the ball and do a lot of different things like that you, like I said, normally would see out of a, you know, your modern day big. They don't really have that. They kind of have, you know, guys that can screen and roll and and post up a bit. That's pretty much what they have. They don't really have any versatile bigs like that. But I think Levangi can shoot the shoot it as well. He can step out and shoot the three as well. But they're, they're going to depend on their guards if they want to have a lot of success in Atlanta Ten. If they want to, if they want to do well in the Atlanta Ten this year, their guard play will have to be like top of the conference. They have to have a big year. Fats Russell has to have a big year, and Jeff Dowding has to have a big year, which those are the most experienced players along with Levangi. And then for number eight, you got a familiar familiar name to probably some people maybe in Massachusetts or a familiar school that's done pretty well up late. They got an experienced coach in uh, Billy Cohen. And I would say they, they're going to make some noise this year. I got the Northeastern Huskies at number eight which is in Boston, Massachusetts, right in the um, Brookline area. So basically, I would say, I mean, coming off of a very successful season last year, they made the NCAA tournament. They lost to Kansas in the first round, and they got it wasn't really close, but they still, you know, represented well. For, North, you know, Northeastern teams normally don't uh, – get a lot of NCAA tournament bids. I think they've only had a few in their in the entire school history, oh, less than a handful. But like I said, just like the previous teams I mentioned, they're led by their guard play, Jordan Rollins. Jordan Rollins is an outstanding shooter, um, can handle the rock a little bit, 
but he's known to be a very good shooter to come off of ball screens and pin downs. He'll definitely will be one of their best shooters and better scorers. They also have an experienced guard in Bold Embrace that can do a little bit of everything. More of a bigger guard. He's at he's at six six two twenty. So the guards are, they got good they have good sized guards. They as far as the recruiting trail, they were able to get pick up a guard Tyson Walker, which is from uh, Christ the King in New York. Um, he gives them something that they really don't have as a guy that can kind of penetrate and get into the lane and, you know, draw fouls and stuff like that. He gives you a little bit what, what, what Jordan Rowland and, and Roland Brace don't have, a slashing guard. Um, and I have to say, if Northeastern, you know, were to Pete and be able to win the, um, uh, the CAA, which is the same conference that Drexel's in. You know, my friend Darte went to Drexel. So, like I said, for Northeastern, you would have to really depend on... Um, you have to really depend on... Um, like I said, their guard play is going to be really strong. But if they want to get to the next level and get, you know, 20 wins and you know, maybe possibly get a, a tournament bid. They have to really depend on uh, Thomas Murphy, which is a, a forward slash center. He's about 6'8", 220, 2, 225. So he's a nice side kid. He can stretch the floor, post up. He's a stretch big, pick and pop. A lot of versatility to his game. If Northeastern wants to go far this year and possibly win the CAA, um, that guard play is going to have to be strong, and Jer- uh, Jordan Rowland and Thomas Murphy has to have a big year as well. I think he'll I think he'll make that jump this year. I think he'll have a big year, and and I think Northeastern might be a, a really strong case for them winning the CAA this year. So I, that's going to be um, a team at number eight. To round that off. So, like I said, uh, every week we'll get into that. We'll dig deeper into that top ten list. Next week we'll we'll probably do seven through five. So we'll do seven through five next week, and then probably the week after we'll probably do one through four to end it. So every week we'll get into that um, top ten list and get closer to number one. Well, as for right now, that will end that part of the show. And now we we pretty much have um, left is the class of 2020 New England Top 100. We'll get into a portion of the 60 through 80, five players that I think are going to make an impact this year. So we'll get into that. Just trying to get, get myself settled real quick. Yeah, like I, I, um, like I have a few players that I feel like we're really gonna really make an impact for sure, um, and so let's let's get it started. Um, for seventy six, um, I think this guy is impressive. Um, he's from Rhode Island. I believe he last year he won the Player of the Year in Rhode Island. As um, I mean, I don't. I mean, far as I know, I don't think he won the Gatorade Player of the Year. He didn't win the Player Gatorade Player of the Year, but he got a lot of votes for like probably one of the better um, public public school ranked players in the public school ranks. But he was he's definitely had a very successful season. Um, led his team to a championship bid, and they won the states. Uh, the, in the, in Division One, so I have guard Clay Bocher at number seventy-six from North North Kingston, Rhode Island. Kid is a very talented player, man. Let's get into the his strengths and weaknesses. 
Well, his strengths, I would have to say, um, obviously, you know, being a, being a leader on a championship team is definitely his biggest strength. Um, very good leadership skills. Great score in all levels. Crafty finisher. Can finish and drive with both hands. Like I said, strong intangibles. He's one of, you know, he, he's, he finds a way to make plays and he's a playmaker out there. Has a, like I said, not the best athlete, but has a strong skill set to confiscate for that. And like I said, just like I said, he doesn't have the best uh, athleticism, but he he's pretty quick. He has pretty good speed, can get up and down the floor fairly quick. You know, good size as well. Um, he's he's six one, so he's good size. He's about maybe one seventy five, one eighty. His weight wasn't listed, but He's about. It looks like a, that. Looks like he's about that weight on tape, but he. But he's definitely six one, so solid size. Looks like uh, his skills can translate to probably being a point guard. He he's very good at at finding guys when he when he when he collapse when he drives to collapse in the paint. When the defense collapses, he's very good at very good at finding guys. You know, finding the open man, kicking it out to the to the three point shooters. He's very good at finding, you know, dip, dishing it off to the to the big guys underneath, inside. So, like I said, his his skills definitely translate as a guy that can probably play point guard at the next level. He's only six one. He probably played played mostly two guard in high school, and that's probably what he's going to end up playing this year, unless he has a growth spurt overnight. But like I said, I expect him to have another strong season, and you know, probably he'll probably end up taking his team, you know, you know, deep into the playoffs and the D1 playoffs and probably end up, you know, looking at him maybe another championship bid. And if I had to say his weaknesses are, um, like I said, I mentioned his athletic limitations. Not a good vertical leaper. Doesn't have really much, you know, hops out there. He's limited when it comes down to that, but still a solid athlete when it comes down to his, you know, his agility and quickness. Can move pretty well out there. Has to get more stronger. Like I said in tape, he did look kind of slim out there. He's got to get a little bit stronger if he really wants to, you know, boast his, you know, his um, ability to to play at the next level. So. For number seventy six, that's 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 Clay Bolcher. As for my next player, um, at number sixty nine, um, he's from Milton High School in Massachusetts. Um, I have guard slash forward Earl Tucker, which. He's he's very successful. Had a strong year last year. They didn't really go, you know, really that far, and he didn't have the best team when it came down to um, where his, his his team performance. You know, they didn't have that strong of a year. But just trying to just see my notes are. Yeah, but yeah, not able to find all everything I was looking for. But yeah, like for, far as like Earl Tucker, I like I would just I, I looked at the footage of him the other day, and the kid is very good athlete overall. Very good athlete. Um, he's more of a slasher than anything else, but also can step out and shoot the three. Um, not the best handling ability, but. You know, can can kind of ha- has you know decent you know dribbling uh dribbling you know hand he has decent handling ability out there can can 
can kind of you know do a few moves here and there not the, not a not an advanced ball handler so that's gonna be something that he'll definitely have to work on but but he's he's definitely a, a solid athlete very quick very fast can dunk out there which is kind of a rare thing for a Massachusetts prospect they're not really there's not many guys you know if, unless you're playing on a prep school that can really truly can dunk out there he, he he's a big he's a big guy I'm surprised that he didn't you know step into a prep school he has definitely has the talent but he probably preferred to probably stay with his you know hometown school to you know to exhibit some type of loyalty to you know where he grew up at but also probably just to get more exposure it's sometimes it's it's kind of tough playing in those prep schools but sometimes you know you're not always going to get the playing time that you probably would get if he was playing for your hometown school so that's probably what he was uh why he wasn't a fan of that of being on a prep school but it, it all depends on the person and the day I just I don't know I just feel like I'm missing something with that I had a list of all my you know players or whatnot and for some reason I think it's missing for some reason I don't know what it is with that I just, I like, for me, I, I like order. I like that to be organized, and I hate when I'm not organized, and that kind of messed me up a bit, but it's okay. But, but yeah, as far as I know, like, he definitely has the, um, definitely has the capability to play for a D1 school, without a doubt. Um, even though he's outside of what I would say probably the sweet spot of the, of the list, which is the, you know, top top 50 is probably the sweet spot where those guys are definitely going to be sought out the most. But I, I think he'll get some offers. I think he'll I think he'll definitely get some offers because he has good size. I think he can play the two-guard position at next level at 6'3". His skills translate pretty well. So I would say, you know, he's going to get some a, a fair share of attention, whether it's a low-end D1 school or or Division Two or whatever, he'll definitely probably get Division Two offers. But the key thing is, I'm trying to just see if if these guys can possibly play for D1 schools, even guys that are outside that sweet spot in the top, outside of the top 50. But he, but he ranks out of 69, a solid, solid ranking for what you know. For, and I already got into it in the last episode of like how I would rate these players is pretty much where you play and what type of level you're playing at. And he plays, you know, in a division. I believe Milton High School is Division Two, if I'm not mistaken. So it's not a, it's not Division One, but it's still a a highly it's, it's still a highly ranked um Massachusetts is pretty deep in talent. When it, I would say if I had a list of states, I would probably say Connecticut's number one, then um Massachusetts is number two. So far as i know that really helps him out with his ranking he's he's ranked in possibly the the, the number two state as far as uh, basketball talent goes so that's probably why he was able to get the ranking they would get he was he was a squeeze in into you know below the 70 70 mark in the list and we'll we'll kind of like tread back to one spot ahead of him which is um Number seventy. This kid is you can uh, a lot of people sleeping on this kid, man. He's really talented. Um, guard Chris Edgehill. Um, out of Franklin High School in Massachusetts. Um, I'm from, for me, I uh, I went like as far as I go with my background, I went to Stoughton High School. So I'm familiar with Franklin High School. They played in our conference, which is the Hockamog League. So, I I understand how good Franklin really is as a basketball program. Like, Franklin's probably one of the top basketball programs in the state, I think. And it seems like they always find a way to get themselves in the top 25 ranking at the end of the year. I rank them as, like, a top 10 team, I think, or maybe outside of the top 10. I don't know. I, I can't remember. But I, if you want to check that out, I have a top 10 list of Massachusetts schools. Check on my local tab. Um, 
click on local high schools, then you'll find Massachusetts and Rhode Island schools. I think it's Massachusetts. I think it's Massachusetts. It's tier one. Because like I said, Massachusetts, Connecticut is tier one as far as talent level goes. So they made it to tier one. Click on tier one. You're going you're gonna to see Massachusetts and Connecticut rankings. There's a top 10 list. I believe Franklin made that list. I'm not positive on that, but I was, I would at least, I know when I was making that ranking list, I was like, all right, they're pretty, they're pretty talented team. They obviously they're bringing this kid back. That's going to definitely bolster their team. And, and they play, they play a tough conference. I mean, they play in a tough conference now. I think Hawkmug League is definitely revamped over the years. They now had it taught in high school and, in um in Milford. So they're they're definitely more of a deeper conference than they were in the past. You get your obviously your familiar teams of Stoughton and um Oliver Ames and and Canton and uh what's the other team that uh, North Attleboro, they're pretty they're pretty good every year. North Attleboro King Phillip, which obviously um um NBA player I'm having a freeze right now. I'm thinking about his name, but all I know is an NBA, uh, Chris Lehman or Jake, Jake Lehman, Jake Lehman. He's an NBA player. He went to King Phillips. So that just shows you the Hawkmog League was able to produce an NBA player. So it's a pretty, it's overall the Hawkmog League is a pretty competitive conference. It's in the division two. It's not a division one conference, but it's still a fairly strong conference that brings in a lot of talent every year. And Chris Edgehill plays in that conference. And obviously, you know, usually they, they end up, you know, you know, playing against decent schools every year in the non-conference schedule. And I'm pretty sure they're going to, you know, have like, they're probably going to play like a like a, a tournament, a non-conference tournament that's really going to be playing against a, a team like maybe in Boston or whatever or or a team that you, that you definitely say it as a, like a high-level team in mass, so that's where I feel like he could probably get ranked a little bit higher than this. But I just think overall, as a player, he's a very good scorer, a dynamic scorer. Um, can shoot the rock, can handle the ball. Like he can score in all levels, has all different type of tough shots he'll make. He's a tough shot maker for sure. Um, like I said, just kind of like, kind of like Clay Bocher from, from, from Rhode Island, not the, not, not an explosive athlete, but he uses his jump, he uses his, um, his, his very good jump shooting ability to really create his old offense for him. He moves well without the basketball. Like he's just a fundamentally sound player. And if you leave him open, he'll kill you from the outside. He'll kill you, and you know he, he's definitely good in picking and rolls and stuff like that. Like he's, he's, like he's a dynamite scorer, and his ball handling ability is also very strong as well. So you got to look out for Chris Edgehill, Franklin High School. He's gonna have a strong year this year. Weaknesses go, which I'm. Hopefully, I can find the page. I don't know. We'll see. Chris Edgehill. Yeah. So like I said, like I mentioned, he's a he's silky smooth player, man. Like you gotta you gotta like look him up on YouTube or something. He's like he's he's talented, man. Um. Yeah, it can make tough off balance shots. As far as like his weaknesses, he doesn't have many weaknesses on offense. But obviously, which which is a problem with a lot of these guys because the athletic ability of some of these guys are not the best athletes. He could struggle on defense in the next level. Um, definitely could get exposed when it comes down to that. But I think he's he's got very good instincts and good basketball IQ. He can confiscate for a lot of those issues. Um, I seen that he was able to get some steals and and, and deflections and in, in that, you know, in the footage I looked at him. Uh, but he's an impressive player, man. He's an impressive player. Um, and then my next player, 
We have at 66, which, like I said, we're getting close to, you know, low 60s. I got Ford, um, Aiden Godfrey, out of Chashow High School in Connecticut. Obviously, as you know, Connecticut's in the Tier 1, so like he plays in a pretty talented pool of players in New England. But this kid has, um, he's, he's got true size out there. Um, he's got true size out there at, at 6'8", 210. Um, his strengths, he has a strong skill set of 6'8", which I would say translates very well in the next level. One thing that really stuck out to me looking at is, is his tape. Like, he's a very good shot blocker, man. Like, he came up with a lot of highlight reel blocks. He had a chase down block in one highlight that I seen. I was like, wow, this kid can move pretty well for his size. 6'8", a lot of those guys, they kind of, you know, they'll kind of play slow because they're used to playing center or whatever. But this kid, even though he probably plays center for his team, he moves pretty well. He's pretty versatile. Can shoot the three, but but he can like he can play on both ends of the floor and definitely can help you on both ends of the floor. And as for like his shot blocking ability, he has very good timing. Like he, he's you know his blocks are, are are coming from the weak side, and he's making you know strong efforts to make those blocks. And like I said, he can. He could stretch the floor and pick and pop. Like I said, he's a very good athlete. Uh, Weaknesses, I would probably say he has good size already. You know, he stands at, you know, weighs in at 210. But if he really wants to truly play power forward as maybe possibly a high-level D1 player or – because I think he – you know, some – some some D I think some maybe mid tier D one schools will be looking at this kid like this kid's pretty talented man so he's gonna have to gain maybe about five to ten more pounds that would definitely help him out a lot particularly with just adding strength and adding muscle because he's gonna have to play you know inside with with bigger player bigger stronger players in college so he's gonna have to add a little muscle. Already has good size though. Doesn't probably doesn't want to like you don't want to take away that athleticism and really get too bulky. But just add you know ten pounds of good weight and definitely would help him out a lot to really you know bolster his you know ranking. He probably might depending on how well he plays, he probably could better his ranking over the year. I've seen it happen all the time. You know, just because you're 66 now, you could probably be like top 50 player by the end of the year. Just because of how well you played during the year. Like, this is a big year for a lot of these players to really show out their skills and showcase their skills out there. So, he's he's definitely one another one of those guys that can really bolster their, you know, their skills overnight, having a strong season. So, yeah, there's not many that many weaknesses with him. Could improve his ball handling. His ball handling is decent, but it's not the best. But he, if he can improve on that, he'll be even better, even more of a versatile player than he already is right now. So that's uh, number 66, Aiden Godfrey, out of of Cheshire High School in Connecticut. And then my final player, I got number six. I mean, excuse me, what number six? Number 60. Been off today. Because I was like going back and forth with a lot of these players. I had a, I have an honorable mention as well because it's just like it gets tough, try, you know, ranking these, you know, come up with five good players. It's tough to really just like settle with five that are really good. Like this, once you get to this point, you get players that are really talented at this point. Lost my train of thought. 
lost my place. I know it's all over the place, huh? Just bear with me, guys. Okay, we got number 60. Got forward slash center. Guy Raglan out of Northwest, Northwest Catholic um, High School in Connecticut. Well, over the, he's been definitely uh, a guy that's been rising up. Um, I wasn't able to discover him last year. I mean, not last year, but uh, beginning of the year, which I started the Sunday website and, and this podcast, you know, beginning of this year, middle of the year, actually, in March, April. Uh, didn't really see this guy in a lot of a lot of ranking sites, and now I'm seeing him, you know, with ranking sites, and he's he's getting recruited. He got, I think he got an uh, I think he just got his, uh, his first offer a couple weeks ago. His first D1 offer. So the kid is definitely is a high riser right now. Definitely, you know, you know. He's definitely bolstered his 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 stock right now. And the key thing with Guy Raglan is his size. Like he stands at six eight. He's about a little bit under two hundred, but he might be pushing two hundred pounds. Still a slim body, but. His length and size is what gets the scouts drooling. Um, he has a 7-2 wingspan. So that's pretty enormous for his size to have that. I mean, usually you see guys like that. You normally see those guys in, in prep schools that have those, you know, those unreal um, measurements out there. And he has, he that, that definitely fits his profile. But yeah, um, I look the fit is not the best athlete. Like he definitely at six eight he can be he can move like I think Auden Godfrey has better athleticism than him. That's why I feel like this it's tough when you get to this point. Sometimes you feel like at sixty six you could probably get the same player you probably get at sixty, but yet they get recognized more depending on their talent level or or, or their competition level. Like Aiden Godfrey plays in a lower division. That's why he doesn't get that much exposure compared to Guy Raglan. Guy Raglan plays in, believe I don't really know all the divisions in Connecticut, but I believe he plays in maybe D two or D three or D one. He might play in D one, but I, I didn't I didn't see him in D one. So, as far as I know, I mean I'm not really familiar with Northwest Catholic. It probably is like a prep school. Probably that's probably what it is. That's probably why I wasn't able to find him. In any of my public listings that I was looking at, and the kid's talented. He can stretch out, shoot the three. Um, very good defender. Can block shots. Can create havoc out there on the defensive end. But the key thing is what people like about him is his size. He definitely can can really. Um, can definitely definitely has a lot of potential to what he possibly could end up being because of his size and his, his elite measurements out there. So that that'll probably round it up for number sixty. And like I said, the weaknesses is probably his athleticism. Not the best athlete out there. Doesn't move particularly well like you would expect out of a guy that's six eight. Which obviously, you know, if you want to be playing at a high level at a D one level, you have to be able to move a little bit. Your athleticism has to be more. T- um, you got to be mobile. Overall, and it's just in the modern day, you know, modern day basketball, like they expect so much more out of bigs than than ever ever before. So that I mean, they, they got to really. Find, they, they gotta they gotta figure it like this that I want a guy that's gonna gonna um can can do a lot of different things for me and move well and shoot threes and and if you can check all those boxes you that's it's gonna really help your stock out to be be a really good prospect or you know you know maybe possible NBA player down the road and especially if you go you know we talked about you know 
the European players in the, earlier in the show, and all those guys, they can all those bigs can shoot threes, man. Like it seems like a lot of those bigs can step out and shoot threes. They're all versatile in some way. So the more skills you have as a big, the better you'll be. Because if you just just more of a you know a Shaquille O'Neal type of player that just plays inside. You're just not gonna really get um you're not gonna get that much love from being that type of player. It's just a mo- it's just a different game now that you have to you know, big guys have to be more versatile and shoot threes and, and, and move well out there and have good lateral quickness, defend the pick and roll. Like hopefully that um hopefully Guy Radling can can have an, a strong year this year and 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 improve you know whatever he has to improve on to to get better out there so that way he probably will get more offers but he's getting so far it's pretty promising he already has one offer already and he hasn't even stepped foot in in a gym to to even like you know play a senior to play a game in his senior year so that's pretty promising for him and then like I said I had I had a I had honorable mentions here cuz some of these guys I was like damn I didn't want to leave out um guard Leo Liam O'Connell which I really liked in tape guys what you'd call a JG Redick-ish type of shooter out there can come off of screens pin downs and whatnot just a flat out good shooter he plays in a um in prep school in Maine I believe it's um Bridgeton Academy and then you got the clan Nugent, which I had I had him ranked. I believe I had him ranked seventy one. Let's check it real quick for both of those players. They're with me while I find it. The clan Nugent I had at number seventy one, which you'll find on the website once I post it on the website. And then I had Liam O'Connell. I think I had him a little higher than that. I had Liam O'Connell, 63. So like I said, Liam O'Connell goes to Bridgeton Academy in Maine. And Declan Nugent goes to Berwick Academy. And like I said, the strengths... For first Liam Academy, deadly from the outside, comes off of screens. And then like I said, he's a bit stiff on defense. And then for the clan Nugent, not the best athlete on defense. The clan Nugent. I like his size. He's six five. He's about maybe about one ninety. Didn't really I couldn't find his weight. You know, I couldn't find his his weight wasn't listed on on you know the roster or whatnot that I was able to see. For, but yeah, six five, very good size and length. Can handle the ball. Can probably play guard at the next level. Has good enough ball handling to do that. Uses his length and dexterity well to to be a slasher. And like I said, I think like his skills could definitely translate well to probably be a guard at the next level at six five. That's pretty good, pretty good size for a guard nowadays. And he can shoot the he can shoot the ball. He can he can um you know stretch out and be like a come up, you know spot up. I don't I didn't really see much of him like coming off the of screens or anything, but he he's pretty good at spotting up, shooting a spot up jump shot. Like I said, just like Liam, kind of slow-footed out there, not the best agility, can get exposed against elite um, athletes out there, and which you're going to find a lot of those in D1. So that could definitely be a concern for him. But, yeah, like I said, this show's definitely gone longer than I thought, pushing about an hour just for this part alone. And like I said, part of that is me just been not prepared, kind of rambling a bit, but... We got it done. 
But like I said, when you get to this point, it's kind of tough to really narrow down on these players. There's so many good players at this at at this at that you know once you get to the 70 60 mark, there's a lot of good players. It was a little bit easier. You know, I had a few favorites, of course, Janelle Guzman that I liked in the 80s. I thought he was one of my favorites, but as far as I know, there's a there's a ton of guys that that definitely could have been recognized that I would would love to really go down the whole list. But if you want to see the whole list, you gotta go visit my website, rinsandnets.com. The whole list will be on there. I may not post it up this week, but maybe next week it'll be posted. So stick, uh, so check that out. It's definitely gonna be posted. I also made a change as well. I remember in the last episode, I had Leighton Bigby. I had Leighton Bigby in the. I had Leighton Bigby at eighty on the website. I changed it to, to uh, what did I change it as? The kid I discovered not too long ago. He's from Vermont. Calder Hor. Oh man, these names are killing me, man. Calder Horat. Horowitz McCaden. He's from he's from Champion Valley High School in Vermont. Um, I think he was a previous player that was in the nineties that was from that same school. Um, he's a guard. He's six two one ninety. So he's he's at eighty. I put him at eighty and I switched Leighton Bigford, which Leighton Bigford he, he's he's been a high riser, man. Some people are ranking him in the top fifty or whatever or just. Just he's he's definitely getting a lot of love just mainly because he already has committed to a school already. He already committed to to University of Maine, so he's gotten a lot of love for that. And um, I have him at sixty eight. I put him at sixty eight. Um, like I said, I'm gonna just because he doesn't play at a high level in Maine. I think he plays in maybe a D two or D division, D two or D D three in Maine. So it's not really Division one. So I'm like, all right, he doesn't play at a high level in Maine, but he's got great size. We got into it with the last episode, but yeah, I had to, I had to raise him up because he's just he's he's like he's he, he's very talented. I seen the footage of him, seen seen some more footage of him, and he definitely deserved to be a little bit more higher than what he was. That 80 was just too low for him. So, so I you know I switched that player. From the Vermont player into number eighty, and then I switched Leighton Bigford to to sixty eight. So that's where you'll find them, you know, on my list on the website as well. So check that out when you get a chance. Rimsness dot com, R I M S, um, double N E T S dot com. Google search it; it'll be a lot more easy to find it. All right, so we're gonna wrap this show up. We definitely was pretty long-winded today, but I had to, you know, get everything in. Forgive me for all my rambling and, you know, my disorganization of this show. I would like to get it a little bit more better next week, but we will. It'll definitely be get better week in and week out, but we definitely got everything we needed in today. All right, so we're going to wrap it up. This is... This is your host, Rob Morris. You listen to the Rims and S podcast. I'm out. Peace.